It's Friday. And it's the Friday of Labor Day weekend, which means the Fab Four Fundamentals is back on sale. The price is slashed from $250 to $197. And I have a class happening in September. So you're going to receive an additional four hours of Zoom classroom time with yours truly. But what's even more exciting is I launched the Fab Four Pregnancy course this weekend. And I'm adding additional Zoom classroom hours for this course as well. This course is all about how to prepare your body for pregnancy, how to prevent deficiencies, how to use the Fab Four to fuel yourself and your baby to prevent gestational diabetes, to support your microbiome. And I'm giving tips about unexpected side effects and how to move your body throughout the 40 weeks of gestation. So there is so much juicy information in here. So if you're thinking about getting pregnant, newly pregnant, or even halfway through, this course is for you. Last but not least, the BUO by Kelly Protein Powder is now back in stock. It's available on Amazon and being offered through my website as well. So if you're listening into the podcast, following me on Instagram, look out for discount codes. And don't forget to sign up for our newsletter, which is the first place we share any deals, discounts, and updates to any of our courses and products here at Be Well by Kelly. Okie dokie, let's get to the show. It's Friday, which means I'm bringing on some fabulous friends. Today's guests are Cezanne and Stevie Hendricks, the dynamic couple behind the very famous blog, Cezanne, and the popular podcast, The Good Life. From working together to starting a family, these two are goals. They prioritize their relationship with one another, their daughter, and God. And they take the world of blogging as serious as a Fortune 500 company. So it's an absolute pleasure to welcome Stevie and Cezanne to the show to share their story. If you work with a spouse, have entrepreneurial aspirations, or just need a laugh, this one's for you. Stevie and Cezanne, welcome to the show. Oh, it's good to oh, be here. It feels good to uh, be reunited talking <laughs> to you, Kelly. It's been a while. How are you? I'm good. You know, I was thinking about the last time I saw you guys and I like couldn't put my finger on it, but I think I was pregnant with Sebastian. <laughs> I think you were. And it might've been in the studio for our podcast. Yeah. Oh, or, mean, or maybe it was your baby shower or your... I don't remember. I just I just remember right that Kelly brought a giant bag of like Doritos and she couldn't get You're out of them. Such a lie. <laughs> <laughs> There's Stevie trolling you, of course. It's all right. It's all right. It's something that Chris <laughs> might kidding. sneak in my bag or something. Kelly would never do that. I can't Kelly? picture Kelly eating a bag of Doritos. I just can't unless it's grain free. You know. You know what's so funny is when I think back on my childhood because my parents were big, you know, Costco people. It was like. It was like the family super size of the nacho <laughs> Doritos around here. Everything was cheesy. Cheesy nacho Doritos, Cheez-Its, Goldfish. I have to stop you. Did you ever eat the chicken bakes? Because that was my high school right there. <laughs> no, I was a bagel bite kid. Oh, I was a bagel bite kid. Bagel bites and taquitos. (laughs) This conversation is off to a great start. I think we should keep heading down this road, not for your brand's sake, but I love being nostalgic about bad food. Yeah. No, I mean, I think it's a, I think it's, I think it's important that people know I had a normal childhood, normal (laughs) Americana childhood. And that like, I came around to loving healthy food. I think it's important. I think that happens to a lot of people. And that's actually how we met. Um, We met through Mike Alexander and you guys were training with him. And he was like, Hey, meet my friend Kelly, who works in nutrition. And we had a little, a little one-on-one and that's how our relationship started. And we've been, we've been friends for so many years now. And it's been amazing for me to watch your 
health transformations and just the, I think you guys do it in such a graceful way. Like you're really, you lead normal lives and then you focus, you just focus on nourishing and adding. And I think it's really respectful of your body and, you know, being parents and, um, and, you know, just leading by example for Tini and her little sis. Thank yeah. you. Oh, you're the best, Kelly. It's been fun watching you too over the years just grow and expand your business and just pour out all the knowledge that you have into the world. I mean, when we first met you, I was mind blown because I we were de- we were definitely in that stage of our lives where we worked from home. We were bu- at the very start of building, you know, this self-made sort of career. And we just, I was not taking care of myself. You know, I was that girl that would just go to in and out at the end of a long day. And it was like my first meal of the day because I was hustling and trying to build my blog. And and I think it was you, Stevie, who inspired me to go with you to that session. I sat with Kelly and I instantly was like, wait, this is like I'm not like meeting with like right. a, a a nutritionist dietitian kind of thing. I really felt like you were like a health coach and that's what you've been for us ever since. Why are you laughing at I'm, me? Steve? I'm laughing at Saz because listen, <laughs> anytime I've tried to drag her into something that she didn't want to be a part of, like it's like pulling teeth, right? And she was like, Steve, I don't need to like <laughs> learn about like I work out, like I, you know, I eat some bad stuff, but some good stuff. And I was like, listen, babe, I said, I'm sorry, but you have no gauge for this kind of stuff. <laughs> I was like, just a year ago, you were eating fast food exclusively. I said, I so why don't you come with me? And Kelly, she's the type of person where like, if you put her on something like whatever show she's watching, she's going to tell everyone, you know, whatever like latest health food she discovered, she's going to tell everyone. So she literally... I, I think I heard Fab Four, I mean, a billion times in the next two years. She's like, you guys, have you tried the Fab Four diet? My friend Kelly put me on. Let oh me tell God. you about it. I've been your walking spokes. You're my publicist. Right. And, she, and then she would like come at me with it and be like, babe, is that Fab Four? And I was like, it's Saturday and I need you to chill. And he's like, and I put you on, so you need to sit down. <laughs> right, exactly. Well, you know what is where I'd love to start because I know the Fab Four was a part of it, but really I want to I want to start back at the beginning of when you guys met and how you started your business. I obviously am so thankful to have been a part of keeping you healthy during those early stages of mm-hmm. your business. Um, but to decide to start a blog and go out on your own, I mean, that takes a lot of courage. And I mean, what did it look like in the beginning for you? You know, Kelly, if we really all rewind now back to what year, Steve, back to 2011, when I met those sparkly blue eyes, freckles at the University of North Texas, you know, Stevie and I were both studying to do radio, television, film. That was our major. We both were so passionate about telling stories, which we thought would mean broadcasting, entertainment news, that kind of route. And that's kind of where our our where our love kind of started brewing was in the radio tv film building because we ended up anchoring the nightly newscast together and we were just this young just ambitious I, couple, mm-hmm. I would say, like you know, you had your own dreams and I had my own dreams, but we had both very determined, bold dreams. Like you were like, "I'm going to be the Ryan Seacrest of the world," <laughs> and I was like, "I'm going to be the Juliana Rancic." And it was just, we were so drawn to each other because of our goals and our ambitions. And then that friendship, obviously, it really blossomed and it became something so much greater than what I could have imagined. You know, because I really did not think 
that we would end up being Yeah, together. she's not telling the full scoop. The full scoop is, oh, is when we met, I was like, who is that? <laughs> and then, and then um, we, we were doing the college newscast, you know, just the cheesy times, good times. <laughs> and, uh, and we were in the recording booth, you know, where we're like, tonight, uh, we're going to find out how this man saved three children from a burning school bus. <laughs> and, you know, I thought that was a good place and to turn to really her and be like... use that accent sometimes. Yeah, this is pretty close, <laughs> honestly. It's... It's not good. But anyways, I did turn to her and I was like, you know, that seems like the appropriate time to ask you, you know, what kind of guys are you into? Uh-huh. And she goes, um, you know, dark, exotic, not white guys. <laughs> and I was like, that's cool because I am white on the outside, but inside I'm very exotic. <laughs> and and um, so Cezanne comes from a Kurdish, traditional Kurdish background. And she was always told, you know, she couldn't date or marry outside of the culture. And I was determined that that was not going to work for me. So <laughs> we did fall in love and it was forbidden love, but it, uh, yeah. it came with a lot of, a lot of uh, trials, but also a lot of blessings. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. So the, the drive and the determination, the love, it all started in college. But when you guys graduated, what were your career goals and what, you know, what ultimately led you to deciding to start the blog? And were you doing it together or how was it, how was it working in your relationship? It was around my junior or senior year. You know, Stevie and I were dating at this time. And that's when I had my blog. You know, it was just a creative outlet for me at the time. I mean, I was so into following international style bloggers through different platforms like lookbook.new and all these other little pages where you could just follow people's style. And I was so intrigued by just the incredible photography and seeing these outfits and the creativeness. And I've always loved fashion and beauty. And so for me living in Texas, I just needed something for myself while I was in college pursuing this radio, TV, film, entertainment news dream. And I also realized, you know what? It wouldn't hurt to have my own website too, because then I can report on the latest trends and the latest entertainment news. And that's really kind of what it was in the beginning. And I thought, oh, this could help my career. So it wouldn't hurt it. So let me just you know, manage this little blog. And so I created my blog on WordPress. It was nothing fancy. And I just started putting in all of my free time into this blog and really not knowing where it was going to go. Not even knowing that you could really make money off of having a blog. That at the time, 2012, like you weren't, that wasn't really a conversation that was being had. You know, Instagram was definitely around, but it was still in the early years. Um, I remember Stevie, you were shocked because I said something like, you were like, whoa, you have a thousand followers on Instagram. (laughs) like That's crazy. And at the time, it did feel a little crazy, me being from Texas. And it was like, I was starting to grow this little blog that I had. And I didn't know what direction I was going to take it. But I knew that I had it. And it was just kind of there in the background. And I thought, all right, when we graduate, Stevie said he's going to LA to pursue his dreams as doing acting and entertainment hosting. We were both looking for agents. And then for me, it was like, I'm going to LA and I'm straight up focusing on going into auditions, You know, trying to brush up on getting little opportunities to do red carpet stuff. Like I was just so determined that that's why I needed to go to LA. And it's so funny what happens when God has different plans for your life and we get to LA and instantly we do feel like, whoa, we are, you know, what is it? Tiny fish in a big pond. Yeah. And we were like, 
whoa, we ain't in Kansas no more. Like, <laughs> it just all became really real. And I remember that first year going through the ups and downs of leaving your hometown to chase your dreams and really just questioning like, why am I here? What am I doing here? I felt like I needed to be here, but all of a sudden, there's really no doors opening at all. And the doors that are opening aren't doors that are going to be able to provide me the rent money that I need to survive out here or the food in my belly to survive out here. So I was just feeling really discouraged. And CV, you also... On the other side of that, we're going through your own feelings of discouragement. You were going to auditions while working at Whole Foods, while working as a valet, trying to provide and, and yeah. pay your own rent. Yeah, there was a lot of there was a lot of like you know hard days for us when we first moved to LA to to chase our dreams. You know, and we were used to having success. You know, back in Texas and kind of you know being the standout in our hometown and you know doing well. And I remember going to auditions in in you know Texas and having a pretty high booking rate, you know, and moving to LA and being like, dude, like, I can't, I can't get any love out here. Like what's going yeah. on. And, um, but you know, the, the, the reality was like Saz said, we would wake up every morning and just question like, what are we doing? And I have to give credit to Cezanne because, you know, even in college, she was, she was very consistent with posting on her blog. You know, I remember I would do photo shoots with her. She's like, I want to do some guy ones. You know, we have guy style and we would, she would get these dresses and she would source things from like people on Etsy or like, I'll send you this dress. And, you know, she would style it. And so it really was like a hobby that grew into a passion, I think. And uh, somewhere along the way, I remember she called me one day and this is before we got engaged. And she said, you know, I really think you should start working with me because girls are making real money. And if I really focus on this, you know, I can grow my following even more. And I think that we can actually make a living. And I was like, what? You know, I was like, I had never, I mean, this is 2014. And yeah. I was like, I don't think that's a real thing. And she said, no, like, come work with me. And lo and behold, I started managing her. And it literally, like, as we had four hands on it instead of two, it started it like... It started, that was the, up. it's like we had already been in LA at that time for like seven or eight months. And we were only focusing on that one thing that we thought we wanted more than anything, which was the hosting and for him, the TV stuff, acting. And it's so funny what happens when you finally just surrender and you're like, okay, I, I need to work with what I have in front of me. Like what is working for me? And when I looked at that small little plate, it was my blog was on that plate. And I said, you know what? It's not really making money, but I haven't even tried pouring myself 100% into it to try to dive in and to see if I can make money in it. So I kind of had to flip the two. So instead of the blog being in the background, I said, I'm not going to quite give up my dream to do television stuff, but I'm going to put that in the background for a second. And let's see now if I can shift my energy and now focus on blog. And it was literally that after that decision, it was within a week when one of my friends who had also moved from Texas, she had a little blog and she was in LA. She invited me to a blogger event that she was doing with Ted Baker or something like that. And I said, you know what? I might as well go. I have no friends out here. I might as well just see what this is about. And it was just like, whoa, it was like flashing lights. Like this is a sign. This is what you need to focus on. So you had... You had this moment when you were at the Ted Baker event where it's like flashing lights and this aha moment. Yes. I'm curious, really, like how invigorated you felt when you came home and what, if, like, if you remember that day pretty vividly, if it felt like a turning point for you yes. and how you looked at your business differently after. 
that day was definitely a turning point for me because I met so many other women in the LA area, which Texas, I never was able to connect with any bloggers that were there. And these women had been doing it way longer than I was, even if it was six months longer than I was. And, and, and they were making money off of it for that amount of time. And I thought, wait, what? So I went home that night and it's like my heart was on fire for this. I just felt like something sparked within me to dive deep and start researching. I looked at all of these girls' blogs and took a lot of their advice. And it just became... It, it became this eye-opening experience. Like, wait, I really do think that... I can do this too. And that's when I shortly after that called Stevie and I said, I think we've got something here. Let's work together. I'm going to need your help to help me shoot photos, do all of this. And then, you know, before you knew it, we created our own little PDF kit that would we would pitch ourselves to little Etsy brands and Etsy mom and pop shops that wanted exposure across my blog and my Instagram at the time, which was growing pretty rapidly. I knew that we had something to offer them and they had something to offer us in return. So they would pay... I remember the premium price to get everything, all things like my blog. I didn't have a YouTube channel at the time, but my blog, my Instagram, high-res photography, all of that, it was like 500 bucks. <laughs> and all of yeah. a sudden... Everybody wanted like the $500 package. And I said, Stevie, are we pricing ourselves too low? I mean, at the time, I was like, this is great. This is more money than we've made since we got to LA. So before we knew it, we were making these relationships with these incredible brands online, giving them the exposure that they also needed. And they had the product, aka, I needed product in order to create a legit platform into style and to show what I could do. And then sometimes they throw in an extra product to do a giveaway. And I would always freak out when they would do that because I'm like, giveaways are amazing. It's going to help us grow our following even more and it'll help the brands following. So very early on there, before agencies were formed, we went directly to these small businesses. And that's kind of where it all started for us. And we built those relationships. And then I remember the first big deal I got, which was also, I think, another 500 it was like a five at the time. It was huge for I, us. I remember the like, biggest deal when I started Target. working for you. Remember that? Right. But I remember that we got we got a large... At the time, we were like thinking we were rolling. But we got like a $5,000 deal with Garnier. And that was like one of the first deals I negotiated. And I was like, wow. Yeah, I, had, <laughs> I had to do a million things for it. But it was like, yeah. yes, Stevie, oh, this course. is amazing. And since then, it's just been like the two of us in this together. We have now built not only this online community this platform where now we are creating products and services for that community. We've got this blog, you know, we've got our blog today. We've got our podcast, The Good Life that we've done together. And now we're continuing to expand our business in this next chapter. So it's like even though we did end up moving back to Texas 7 years later, we made so many connections out in the LA area where it's like now this next chapter is for us to really focus right. and we are expanding and growing our business to really meet the needs of this incredible audience that we've built and we want to give them the products and services that I know that they want and it's great cuz we can still work with the brands that we love too so it's just it's so amazing what happens when you think that you know what you want for your life and what you want to do and then how it can take a turn but that turn can be so amazing and so incredible yeah, I think opening yourself up to what the possibilities are outside of these like very pigeonholed goals and people get really excited about one thing and can be easily discouraged. You know, I'm curious when you guys were both in that really discouraged place of like 
trying to make it in Hollywood and, and break into what can be like a really hard life for people who are even in it. Um, what, you know, like, was there ever a time where you both were like, let's give up and move back to Texas. Let's move on. Like, do you, did you have like a timeline for that? Because I feel like the stars aligned for you and the clouds opened up and you were like, wait, we have this amazing opportunity and you went for it and you went for it together with all of the drive you probably had in college and that energy. And I know you both are such positive people. So that I think that all really plays a part in the success that you've created. But was there a time when you were like, let's give up? I, I think Saz and I are both of the mindset, like we're like old school, like boxers, you know, when they didn't have a round limit, it was like, all right, someone's going to tap out first. And we're like, let's go. You know, Mm -hmm. I mean, we really put our heart and soul into our dreams and we really, you know, we believed in ourselves and it was hard to believe in yourself. I think when we moved out there and got confronted with the reality of, you know, just how hard it is to break through in in the industry out there. But we were just so passionate about what we're doing, you know, and Jim Carrey said something in a speech that I loved and he's kind of wonky, but he, I love mm-hmm. him. And he said something, he said, I'd rather, you know, he said, I watched my dad who was the funniest guy I know, you know, I think he was an accountant or something, you know, spend his life being an accountant and doing something he hated, you know, he said, and I would rather spend my life, you know, doing something I love, not necessarily being the most successful, but doing something that I love. And and there's so much value in that. I think um, I was ready to just kind of go after my dreams too, you know, and 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 lay it all on the line because it's what I really saw myself doing. I just didn't want to sit at a desk, you know, and be confined to working a nine to five. And so we were both very passionate about that. But I remember along the way, you know, it was hard for us because it just seemed like everything was working against us. And I remember we had a conversation, Saz, where I was talking to you on the phone and I said, you know, we really need to be grateful for everything that we have now, even if it's a very little amount. And I think at that time, it was so important for us to practice um, thankfulness because I believe, you know, that, that there is opportunity out there there for us in the world. But I believe that it comes to those who will steward it well um, and also those who are grateful for what they have. I think there's so many people who complain about, you know, I want more, I want the next level of success when they don't know how to handle the success that they have then and they also don't appreciate it. Mm-hmm. And so I, I also think maybe you'll gain that success, but you won't fully cherish it, right? Or, or you won't be a good steward with your money, right? And you'll frivolously spend. And so, you know, for us, I think a big step was learning to be grateful, but not content, not content, I guess content, but also not complacent, right? It's yeah. like, we're happy with what we have and we're blessed to be here and we're in this city and we get to chase our dreams. And, you know, yeah, there's hard, there's hard times, but we're here, you know, and we're going to keep going. And so I think just keeping that attitude all along is what continued to fuel us. Uh, and really, I again give credit to Cezanne. She was diligent when there was no paycheck, you know. And I think that's a big thing. If you're starting a small business or you want to be, you know, an influencer, it doesn't matter. People think influencers have it handed to them, but I watched her gain every follower that she got. You know, there was no big blow up overnight where it's like, oh my gosh, I just got four hundred. No. That didn't happen. It was every day posting consistently, even before she was getting paid for anything. And so I think her diligence, you know, over the years is what paid her dividends, you know, in in these last few years. So it's it's been really awesome. Yeah, I would I I mean, even just in the story of being the two 
real workhorses in the business and reaching out to these small brands on Etsy. I think a lot of people, you know, it's amazing to me, but that's one of the number one careers that people want coming out of college is to be a quote unquote influencer. Um, and I really like to shed light on the fact that it it's a hustle. A lot of people looking to build a blog or, or who started a blog like you were really looking to elevate their career or just have a place and a resume and a body of work that would support something else. It, it, it wasn't the main goal in the beginning until you realized it could be. And even when you realized it could be, you were doing the work without the paycheck or you're doing the work with these $500 hits from these small brands on Etsy, doing the actual work of reaching out to them and cold calling. And you weren't saying, Hey, I want a, you know, a six-figure contract with Armani. I deserve that right now. You showed that you could help elevate a brand and it became the synergistic relationship. So it's really beautiful to see that and hear that. And I think a lot of people need to understand that because... You know, I mean, people compare themselves all the time. They'll graduate college and want to start a career and be a blogger, an influencer, someone in beauty and style, and see someone like you and and have the goals of like just the followers and or just you know the fame. And it's really so much more than that because it's it's the work all along the way. What you're talking about is like really being thankful and cherishing like where you are and growing with your business, which I've seen explode over. You know, the last six years personally, it's been such a joy to watch because I know both of you are such wonderful people. Um, so I would really like to understand a little bit more about, you know, how how these brand deals changes because brand deals change and and how you continue to elevate your brand over the years via, you know, whether that was getting a manager, or an agent, whether that was having collaborations and um, and things of that nature, how did it how did it grow over the last six years, and how did you drive the growth? I think every time that we've seen growth, there had to be investment first, whether it was time, money, you know, resources, and so you know the first time that we really saw exponential growth is when Cezanne asked me to work with her. Right, it was like four hands, two minds on yeah. the same thing, and our output was much higher. Right. And so, you know, it was easy because we're a couple, right? And so she's like, come work with me. But, you know, I remember just feeling like we were drowning. You know, we we planned our own wedding while we were just finally starting to make some good money. And we just felt like I think we were working, you know, 12 hour days. I mean, it was just so intense all the time. And people were like, what do you do? You know, do you work? And it's like, dude, we work so, <laughs> so much. I remember just yeah. being on the computer all the time at 11 o'clock yeah. at night, you know, and first thing in the morning. And so, you know, we looked at each other, we were like, we've we're growing and we need to we need to invest back into the company whether we need to you know spend money to hire somebody so you know we hired my sister then we brought on a manager right and the manager right they get paid when you get paid but also you know that comes out of your paycheck right. and both of those things um, exponentially helped you know I, we hired somebody who had been in the entertainment business for a long time somebody who had some clout and somebody who was going to you know fight for us so that I could take on more tasks my sister was taking on her role, and then we had Cezanne at the forefront, and that's when we really saw growth. and And, and I still honestly think we continue to learn this lesson. I think it's in anything that you want there. There has to be a level of sacrifice. Um, it's almost like if you want cleanliness, right? But you have a dirty closet, you have to be willing to sacrifice some of the things maybe that you love. Like maybe you're a pack rat and you love your clothes, right? Sacrifice some of the things that you love so that you can have peace of mind and cleanliness in your house. And it's the same thing with your business. 
have to be willing to invest and to give back to your business or the same thing with a relationship, right? You have to be willing to to get rid of guys night sometimes and spend it with your spouse so that your relationship grows healthier. And so I would say that was the number one key for us. Yeah. And you know, big dreams require big work. And I knew that like, man, I had so many ideas, like big ideas of things that I wanted to do. I mean, the ambition just continued to grow as I was growing. And I just knew I couldn't do it alone. And Stevie has always been so great at not only helping me every step of the way and kind of helping usher this path, but he's also been the reminder of how important it's been in the process to protect our peace. And even when you are hustling and you are grinding it out and you're putting in those late all-nighters, editing a video not even knowing how well it's going to perform you know the next day stevie was always just that reminder and he would be like you know what babe you can turn it off now it's time to you know watch a show or let's just go have a bubble bath like you know he's just always been that in our relationship because i'm somebody who will just work myself to death and so i've gotten so much better at you know better managing my dreams and my goals and delegating, being a better delegator. And it's really because this guy has helped inspire me along the way that success is not just measured in our careers and in the things that we do professionally, but success is also measured in our personal life, the quality of our life, taking care of ourselves and our health. We knew that we were wanting to grow our family and have a big family one day. And I needed to get you know, I needed to get in some time for myself while I still could to take care of myself and to prepare my mind, body, spirit for the next chapter, which was teeny and having a baby. And so I just am so grateful that Stevie has been with me every step of the way. He's helped me build my dreams, but he's also been a watchman protecting our peace. And, And I just love that because we have that today. And I feel like so many people... They struggle with that and we've struggled with that, but that's so important to us, protecting our peace and our family. Yeah. And I think, you know, we, we just placed a lot of value on that. You know, you know, it's funny because even for us, right, it's people look at us and they're like, wow, Cezanne has a million something followers and, and, you know, Steve's got a decent following or whatever. And them as a family, I mean, they just, all they see is success, you know, and from our side, we see a lot of areas we're, we're constantly battling that, that voice in our head that's saying, you're not doing enough. You're still not enough, right? You don't have enough. You should be doing more. Are you, you know, are you maximizing your potential? We still battle that voice, you know, in our heads on a daily basis. And, you know, we just decided at one point, like Cezanne said, to turn it off sometimes and to value the currency of peace in our lives, right? And I was actually just reading something this morning and, and that's why I wanted to just put it out. It's a, it's a proverb, but it says, one person pretends to be rich yet has nothing and another person pretends to be poor and yet has great wealth. And so for us, I, I started you know, in LA, it's easy to see these people, especially when in the circle of social media influencers who, you know, oh my gosh, they've got 5 million followers now and, and they're doing this big deal with so-and-so and, and everything in their car. I mean, look at their house. I mean, they've got it all. And you know, I watched as certain people would pass us by, you know, that maybe had less followers. And, and, I, and I really had to look at our life and say, you know what? We're so, so blessed with everything that we have. And we've had so much opportunity and we're still growing and we still have so much left to do and to give. But also we are so rich in spirit because now we have a daughter, right? And we have our own house and, and we have peace of mind and we have a healthy relationship and good friends. And so 
you know, we really tried to find balance along the way because, you know, when we were escalating our business, there wasn't as much balance. It was pouring back in and really working late nights. And now we really try to have both because we believe that you really can have uh, both. You can have the cake and eat it too. Is that the saying, babe? You can have the smoothie and drink it too. (laughs) You know, that is, it's so beautiful to hear you say that because I think when people start their own business and they're, you called it escalating, you're escalating your business, you're in the grind, you're hustling, you're working those 12 or 14 hour days. And you're really just, all you see is stars of whatever, so many different directions that you can go. And it's really hard to turn that off. It's really hard to reprioritize your spouse and your family and what is important, especially in Los Angeles. I think you can, you can look around at a bunch of social media influencers. I mean, I, I support people that have beautiful homes and a bunch of people that help them. But the priority, priorities that I'm always trying to like go back to really are what is the most important and what am I going to take away from this life? And that'll be my relationship with Chris and do I feel good about how I'm parenting Sebastian and his future baby? I'm curious though, because I think you guys do such a good job at doing it. What is your process and what are the the tools, the everyday tools that really support you guys to reprioritize your family and to shut your computer down and to say like enough is enough? And how has your move supported that? You know what, Kelly? It's like, Working from home, it is so easy when you get to create your own schedule to get lost in it um, or to just say, today, we're not going to do anything. you know. But we have realized when we had Teeny, we had to get serious with our schedule, our day-to-day routine. And it helped us so much with moving the ball forward with our dreams, but also keeping those work hours within a specific time frame. You know, like we said, we got to wake up, you know, 7 a.m., have our a quiet time for do the things that we need to do for ourselves to jumpstart the day. And then when Teeny wakes up around 7:30, 8 o'clock, it's like we are now ready to go, ready to start. I remember there was a season where I was getting up at 6 a.m. every day and I was exhausted. Some nights we'd be staying up late because we had friends over. And there were so many opportunities when I literally was like, oh, should I just sleep in tomorrow? Because I again work for myself, but I said, no, I need to stay on this 6 a.m. grind. When I wake up at 6 a.m., that's my time. I'm going to have about an hour and a half until Teeny wakes up to do the things that I need to do to set the tone for a winning day. So those things had nothing to do with work. It had nothing to do with checking my phone and just literally getting out of bed, spending that quiet time, whether it was journaling, spending time in the Word, just having my alone time. You know, I needed that as my fuel to jumpstart my day. And then Stevie, he got up and he would do the same thing, but he'd go to a different room and we would both realize the power of that time. And so once we had our quiet time, Teeny's awake, the day started, we had to kind of get on a schedule and go, 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 go. But when five o'clock comes around, we really do turn it off. We treat our schedule and our lives like it kind of is a little bit more corporate schedule life, nine to five, because... After five o'clock, unless it's a really special case, there's an event or something going on, we realize, man, we've got to turn it off and we've got to get ready for dinner because dinner is such a big thing in our house. We love that time around the table. So we're like, we got to get dinner ready and just give Teeny our time, our undivided intentional time. And that's what we were doing when we were in LA. And now that we've been in Austin, you know, in a limbo as 
this season has been so crazy 2020, but you know, it's, it's still kind of, it's still very much that, you know, um, the time has maybe shifted a little bit, but we always start our day with like feeding ourselves with gratitude, quiet time. But then come five o'clock, we really do need to turn it off and give Teeny our time. And then what I've been doing, Kelly, and, and this is something, this is a recent thing because, and I don't know if you've struggled with this, I've been feeling the emotions of another baby's coming and it's made me sort of, it's bittersweet because I still feel like there's so much more alone time I could be having with Teeny. I don't think I soaked it all up, right? Before this next baby comes. So what I've been doing with Teeny is like one day a week, we'll do like fun Fridays or like fun Sundays where it's just a mommy daughter date. And we'll just do something together where I'm giving her my undivided time and attention no phones around. And so for the last fun Friday, she wanted to take a bath together and wash her dolls. So we did that. And then we watched so a movie. And then I let her sleep over in my in my room. And it was just... I realized she needed that and I needed that too. And so Stevie and I do things like that for our relationship too. Like, you know, once a week when we can she just sit She lets me sleep talk. in the room once a week. Really nice. Really nice. <laughs> <laughs> you just have to be more intentional, I think, with your time and your schedule when you work for yourself. You do. You really do. And especially as a mom, because that, you know, there's always layers of guilt where they're like, it's guilt that you're not in your business, guilt that you're not with your children, guilt that you haven't been on a date with your husband, yeah. whatever it is. It's like, instead of living in the guilt, I think the intentional action of putting things on the calendar, having these quote unquote days, whether it's fun Friday or, you know, something a a day of the week or a time of the day where you really just like it, unless it's an absolute emergency, you shut it down. Getting in that habit of that, you're, you're really setting the tone for your family. You're also showing Teeny that she is so important. And I have absolutely been feeling what you're feeling. I mean, we're both you know, halfway through our pregnancies for number two. And it is crazy. You're just like, I'm just like, how am I going to love this child as much? But also like, (laughs) also like, I'm so sad that Sebastian won't have just the two of us. It's going to be such a culture shock for him. And like, uh, you know, it's, it's going to be hard on everybody. It's going to be beautiful, but, um, yeah, I feel that exact same way. It's, it's really sweet that you're doing that. It's a great tip for moms out there who are, ready to have their second as well. Um, well, so how does wellness... I'm so glad you feel that too. That's normal. I think it's normal. I, I think that's pretty... It's a theme with a lot of moms when baby two is coming down the pipe. So what is... How does wellness... I mean, because it's obvious that you you prioritize this alone time for yourself, which I think instead of being reactive to your day, you're being proactive with your day, which is so important, especially when we're parents. And then you have this very pretty strict schedule of work. Are you guys still working from home in a different area of your home? Or do you go into an office? And how does wellness play a role? And how do you prioritize your your health and movement throughout the, the day? Yeah, it's, it's a tough one. I mean, like, you know, working from home and, you know, uh, being self-employed and then having to find somebody to help you to watch your daughter so you can get work done. And I think wellness is a huge, huge part of it. You know, Saz and I have definitely had weeks where we weren't, um, you know, staying super healthy, you know, whether it was, whether it was working out or whether it was eating right, you know, it really, it really, really affects us. And we see it so clearly when we start our days, you know, off the right way. And even, even as, you know, as far as going, just getting up early enough to have some peace and quiet in the morning to, to read, you know, and just to be quiet and just to be silent. I mean, personally for me, 
that's so much of my um, my mental health routine, right? Um, we had somebody on our podcast who was talking about, you know, what they say, yeah, mental hygiene, not just dental hygiene, but mental hygiene, and 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 I'm not trying to overuse like you know mental health phrasing and all that kind of stuff. But for me, I just need some, I need some quiet in the morning. I need to be able to read. I need to give myself space because when I do that, I've realized my productivity is much, much higher. It's, it's the craziest thing. And it's, it's something I would not have experienced if I didn't force myself to get up earlier. And so in quarantine, I will say that I have fallen off the wagon and it was hard to get up. But you know, as of late, since we've moved into our house, I've been forcing myself to get up earlier and earlier and just setting it you know, 15 minutes back every day so that you know, I can have that alone time and I can set my mind, you know, for the day ahead and get ready. And I've seen a drastic difference in the, in the two. So if you're somebody who's not used to working at home and you're figuring out how can I get this done, maybe that will be a good solution for you. But also, you know, we, we've been drinking our Fab Four smoothie every morning. Too, I know. So I helps. told you this, Kelly, when we found out we were both pregnant again, I was like, you know, the one thing I've been doing in this season of 2020 and being pregnant I have to start my day with a smoothie, you know, because I was not a breakfast person before. You know that I like to just get my workout in and while my tank is empty. And then I, yeah, I'd like to get my, while my tank is empty, drink my pre workout and then go work out and then drink my smoothie. But I've had to kind of flip it a little bit. And even though I wake up and I'm still not hungry, those smoothies have carried me through this pregnancy. You know, every morning when I wake up, I make my smoothie. And it's again that time for me to just sit, nourish my mind while I'm fueling my body with this great smoothie. And then after that, I have this sustainable energy to actually want to put my workout clothes on, get my workout in. Because sometimes what I try, what what I was trying to do is eat like eggs and bacon for breakfast in the beginning of my pregnancy. But again, it was it was making me a little bit more lethargic. I was just feeling fatigue afterwards because when you are pregnant, your digestive system, it does slow down a little bit so that it can separate those nutrients to give to the baby. And so it's slower. And so I just felt tired again. I'm like, what? I just woke up. But the smoothies have helped me keep my energy Easy, easy to digest, get my workout in. And after my workout, man, that's when I have the most productive hours of my day. As soon as I get that workout done, I am ready to film. I'm ready to answer emails. I'm ready to show up and be a mother, a wife. And it's just those little things that we do in our morning routines that can set the tone for a winning day. So yes, I completely see a big difference on days when we stick to it versus on the days when we're just like, uh, what are we doing? Breakfast tacos? And we have those days and it's fine. But when we're consistently focusing on the wellness, man, it just helps us be productive across the board. Yeah, it definitely starts starts the tone of your day and allows it. It's so much easier to continue that momentum than to like have to restart, right? Yes. Were you nauseous at all in the beginning of your pregnancy? And did you have a hard time working out? And, and if so, how did you get back into it? Girl, you know I'm not human. So I was nauseous, but I was still working out because when I would go, even if it was for like a 15, 20 minute little mini jog and putting music on, I would the nausea would go away as soon as I was done working out. I think it like did something with to balance my hormones out. So 
when I was actually feeling nauseous and I'd just be sitting on the couch, it's like I tried putting lemon and my lemon remedy that worked with Teeny during that pregnancy. I would squeeze lemon with salt and take a shot of it. It didn't work this time. I was like, what's going on? Oh my gosh, what do I do? And then you think, oh, I need to eat, eat, eat. But I knew this time around, I'm like, no, 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 this is my hormones talking. And I wasn't tired. I just was a little nauseous. So as soon as I do that, like a little jog or even a walk, get my endorphins pumping, it literally made the nausea go away. And maybe the nausea would come back like later on that afternoon, but it actually gave me some really great hours of like a break from it. And I mean, I don't know scientifically, maybe you do, but there's a lot of pregnant women who I know who have said the same thing that working out has actually helped their nausea. Is that crazy? No, it's not crazy because working out, um, working out when you start to move your body, your liver dumps stored sugar or glycogen into your bloodstream, and it supports blood sugar balance. And it, and it really, um, it yeah, it like frees up nutrients. So it doesn't surprise me based on the fact that when I have a client with really severe nausea and they are leaning on all of the carbohydrate-dense foods, and then the nausea continues to get worse and worse and worse. So yep. elevated blood sugar, we see nausea symptoms are, are worsened. And so when we can get that blood sugar under control and we can feel balanced and we can free up stored nutrients and or increase insulin sensitivity of our muscles to suck up um, you know, present mm-hmm. glucose in our bloodstream, we do a better job of, of really like um, balancing out and creating homeostasis in the bloodstream. So it doesn't surprise me. And oh, I'm I really love Kelly's scientific. <laughs> I'm really today. proud of you for. I never understand doing one it. word she's saying, but I'm like, yes, yeah, girl, she, that's exactly what I'm talking about. <laughs> Saz has been doing this jogging in the Texas heat, y'all. And if you're from Texas, God bless her. I'm like, I'm not okay. even going out there. Thankfully yeah. for me, Kelly, it was it was pretty mild nausea. It wasn't yes. severe, and I didn't actually throw up at any point. Were you nauseous this time? I wasn't nauseous at all with Sebastian, but I was nauseous this time. And I think honestly, it had to do with the fact that I was breastfeeding until the day day before I found out I was pregnant. Wow. Yeah, which was not really the plan. <laughs> I just, That's crazy. Yeah, I just weaned him in 18 months. Um, so it was like, you know, April So you 16th. can get pregnant while breastfeeding, ladies. Yes, you can, please. That's, <laughs> that's such a myth. And people are like, that never happens. Like it totally depends oh my on how gosh, often you're feeding. Wow. Yeah. So, um, yeah. So I think my body was just a little bit depleted, and um, and I was coming off my book tour, and it was just a little bit crazy. But but uh, I'm feeling so much better now, and I, it's oh, definitely given me so much more empathy for my clients who go through severe nausea and like what that really looks like and how to take care of yourself. And it's given me a lot of creative ideas around like how to support those women. So, oh, that's you know, great. Total learning experience, and it's good, but. Um, but it, you know, it is what it is. So a couple questions before we end today's episode for you guys. Um, what are you most excited about for baby number two? Oh my gosh. Um, where do I start? I am just so excited that our little Valentina is going to have a best friend. You know, we've been really working with her in this season. She's so shy around kids and it's so hard for her to like come out of her shell. But Every time she sees my belly, it's like she knows that this baby girl is like her friend and her sister. And I'm just looking forward to that day when Teeny gets to see her baby sister for the first time. And literally me holding two girls, like both of my girls, like 
I mean, it's just, it hasn't even fully registered. Um, I had my doctor's appointment a few days ago and it was like the anatomy scan. And literally we're just, I'm doing the generic basic ultrasound. And then all of a sudden she's like, hey, get your phone out. And I was like, what? She's like, the baby is in the perfect position for me to switch over to the 4D camera. You know, the 4D ultrasound, which always for me with Teeny never turned out good. She was always a glob. (laughs) And there in that switch up, she switched it over and she focused in. I saw our baby girl's face literally perfectly. Like it was the most clear image that I had ever seen. And I was not expecting it in that appointment. And I remember looking and thinking, oh my gosh, this is, there really is a baby growing inside of me. I guess it didn't hit me until that moment. And even though I'm 25 weeks, she was fully formed and like her features. I mean, she looked like Teeny and Stevie combined. And it just made me so excited again. And it gave me a little bit more ammo to just like, all right, Saz, as your waist line is growing and none of your clothes fit anymore. It is just so worth it. And I'm so excited for this next chapter with two little girls. It's going to be so much fun. Sisters are the best. I'm so excited for you. That's going to be amazing. And then Stevie, he just disappeared. Where did he go? He's like, yeah, I don't want... We're having a second... He's like, we're having it. We're, ha- we're having a second daughter? No. <laughs> that was his response right there. <laughs> I'm like, where do you... No, I actually think like the cable man or something was downstairs and he had to go, but um, he, he should hopefully be back here. No, but I can actually tell you what Stevie is looking forward to because he just said this to me the other day. Stevie's really excited to, you know, he said that the first time around we were kind of just navigating. It's like the fear of the unknown. As new parents, we were figuring out how to hold her and how to change her and trying to stay alive and awake. And he was just like, man, we're getting a second chance, another beautiful chance and opportunity with another beautiful girl to just fully embrace the ride and enjoy those little moments. Because Kelly, I don't know about you, when when we go back and look at old videos and old photos in my phone, I am just like, oh my gosh, that season is so foggy. I mean, those first three months, and I'm like, man, I just wish I held her on my chest a little bit more, and you know, wore the little carrier in public in public a little more. You know, I was so worried about carrying her too much. I was like, she'll just get really. People were like, you don't want to let her sleep on your chest too much because then that's going to become her bed. And I'm just excited for this next pregnancy. And so is Stevie to just like, just enjoy the ride and to just soak it all up, soak up the the skin to skin and and just the smell, that delicious smell that I want to make into a perfume, that baby smell. Absolutely. I mean, we're just so excited about that. You make a really good point because I think a lot of parents the first time around are really caught up in if they're doing it right and what people like, what do the experts say on sleep and what do the experts say on this and that? And like, how is it supposed to be done? But really, once you've had a a child move through their toddler years and into their toddler years, you're like, we kept a human alive and, and he or she is pretty awesome. And so the next time around, I think there's a little bit more of a relaxed. Yeah, you're confident and you're a little more relaxed and you're you know that it if it's if it's going good, it's probably gonna change. And if it's going bad, it's probably gonna change and you know it all it all works itself out. So 
how are, I was going to ask you like with this season of like masks and there's everything 2020 has been, are you like, I've kind of been a little bit panicky over like, what is that going to look like for me come November when I'm delivering my sister just delivered and she had to wear a mask while she was pushing her baby out. Yeah. Yeah. My little sister delivered in um, June as well. And it, she was in the height of height of COVID and her son went to the NICU and she had to like each of them, you know, we weren't up there in San Francisco supporting them because we weren't allowed to go to the hospital. And then we were finding a time when it felt safe. And like, we were all just trying to work it out as a family, but then her son ended up in the NICU and I, you know, it was like my, I had that experience. So I immediately like put a mask on, jumped on an airplane and flew to San Francisco. Um, just because like each one of them could only be in the NICU at one time. They couldn't be there together. So someone was at their apartment. One of them was at their apartment. One of them is at the hospital. It's, you know, there are definitely like some logistical issues with all of this that are, you know, not ideal. But I will say like watching my sister go through it and knowing that this is like, this is the reality and kind of going back to what Stevie was saying about like being really, really grateful for the opportunity. I know I have a lot of clients that have wanted to go through IVF and, and are having fertility issues and all of the, their you know, transfers and egg retrievals are, were pushed back from the beginning of the year until like the middle of the summer and they're putting their life on hold. And then you, know, you see people who were like really personally affected with the loss of a spouse through COVID with young children, you know, like Amanda. And it's just, you see stories like this and you have to like take a minute and be like, I can do it with a mask. And, you know, it's not ideal. And this is, you know, this is going to be really hard. I don't, I'm, Bash is young, you know, he's not even two yet. So I know like mask requirements for him are not a thing. You know, I see my friends with young kids in elementary school or like, going to go back to school, not going to go back to school, go to back to school in a mask. Yeah. I mean, it's just... Such it's a crazy 2020 time. is heavy. It's yeah. heavy. Like socially, economically, like racially, like it's, it's a lot yes. for... It's a lot for everybody. And I just think like we just as mamas, like it's just... It really is about... It's really about seeing that 4D ultrasound and being like, this is awesome. Oh, that is such a good perspective right there. I love that. And you're right. You know, I'm hoping come November, even if I have to wear a mask, I just need it to look chic, you know, I need to maybe <laughs> you do need something, to fun to get. <laughs> something, something leopard, you know, if I'm gonna take that photo with that baby, it's like, yeah. gotta have a, I mean, imagine that in the baby book, right? It's okay. like getting to share that story that you were a 2020 baby. Let me tell you about that year. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> so crazy. Oh, look who decided to come back and join our party, Kelly. Perfect. Perfect. I, I, I'm back. I'm so sorry. The utility man, the cable guy, they all came at once. I was like, what are you guys doing here? Go well, on. Well, I told Kelly what you were looking forward to for baby number two. And I think I did it justice. So I think I heard you as I was like <laughs> running out to say hi to the cable guy. You're excited well, to just soak it up. So I, I said it and enjoy the ride this time around. Oh, yeah. 100%. I'm, I'm looking forward to like having some veteran parenthood ship, you know, and just kind of chilling. Oh, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Oh, well, you guys, I just, I want to say that it's been such a pleasure. And I think that going to see the cable guys, an exact, exact example of how you're dealing with real life and COVID times as 
you know, entrepreneurial parents and <laughs> just trying to make it make it happen. So we end every podcast the same way. And um, the question for both of you is, what does body love mean to you? For me in this season of life that I'm in right now, and I think my pregnancy, the first one taught me this really for any and every season, body love to me really just means to be kind to your body in whatever shape or form or season that it's walking in, walking through. You know, for me, pregnancy has really taught me the importance of just surrendering, not being completely in control, um, putting some of my fitness goals on hold and embracing the beautiful journey that is motherhood and a growing belly and just trusting the process. Like that just has been so important for me in whatever stage or whatever season I'm in with my goals is just to trust the process and always be kind to your body because it's only one body that you have that you get to live in. And it's a really a blessing. So always be kind to it. I, I would that. say that for me, it kind of goes along with what Suzanne just said. It's I've been learning lately that, you know, I've been kind of actually saying this to myself every day that that I am enough, right? I kind of alluded to that earlier talking about even when you made a million followers, you know, whenever your business is doing really well, sometimes you question, are you doing enough? You know? And I think for me personally, answering that question and saying I am enough, it actually empowers me and enables me to not to, to feel this stress or the, you know, the stress of performance. Like every day I have to go you know, 110 to the max, but instead I just have to show up, right? And I, and I have to do my best on any given day. And sometimes your best is not your best the day before you know, or the day, the day after. But I think showing up every day, knowing that you're enough enables you to actually you know, handle the big tasks and the small ones, you know, with, with just ease and with grace and know that, you know, you're not going to be perfect every day, but, but show up and do your best and that your best is enough. That's what, that's what I've been going through lately. And it's, it's been good. I love it. Our best is enough. And sometimes our best is different on different days. Exactly. (laughs) Well, I love you guys so much. And I really appreciate your time. You're such an inspiration as a couple and showing that you can prioritize your family and your relationship and still be very successful. You can also decide that there's a time and a place where you need to just start enjoying your life, protecting the beauty and the richness of what is a life built of love with God by your side. And it's just been... is it such a pleasure to know you guys and um, to be friends with you. And you inspire me daily. So... I think you guys are both enough, more than enough. And um, I just really appreciate you. We appreciate you, Kelly. And we love you. And that's why we're dragging you onto our podcast next. And we're, and we're so glad you did a, you're doing a podcast because when yeah. we had you on, I think you were our second or third guest. Yeah. And we were like, she needs to do a podcast. So this makes so much sense. I'm I sure that your you audience is loving every minute of it because you're a great human. Um, you have so much, a wealth of knowledge, but also a great heart to share. So we're also so happy to be on this podcast with you uh, to get to go on this journey. And we've seen you grow so much. I Seriously. mean, since we met, I mean, wow. Like you have really scott. We're going to talk about that on our show. And it's well-deserved. <laughs> and we will talk about that on our podcast. All right. Well, thanks guys. We'll talk soon. In okay. a few minutes. Thanks, Kelly. <laughs> okay. Thank you for listening to Be Well by Kelly. Please subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Learn more at bewellbykelly.com and follow me on Instagram at bewellbykelly. I would love if you picked up my books, Body Love and Body Love Every Day. 
They're sold on Amazon and at all major booksellers. Mm-hmm.